I do have something that's on my heart, and uh, I want to start by asking you a question. How many of you had a disagreement with somebody this week? Think about that. Maybe Andrew's sermon is what got my mind going. I don't know. I just thought of that when I looked at you now, Andrew. Last week, how many of you had a disagreement with somebody or a conflict with somebody in the past week? If you didn't have it in the past week, maybe just back up another week. Can you think of something? And then, if you think of that, I want you to ask yourself, was the relationship, was it strengthened or weakened through that conflict? Ask yourself another question. Did the person that you had that conflict with, did they feel loved or unloved at the end of that? Did they feel honored or did they feel dishonored? The last thing of importance was, did you win? <laughs> did, you, did you win? Did you prove you're right? I have a, there's a person in my life, it's not anybody from here, but this isn't being recorded. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, uh, I have a bit of a relationship with this person. And I, I, I can't, like, everything this person says, everything they post, um, all of it, I just don't get them. Right? I just, I think, what's going through your mind? No, no, that's not how it is. Do you have anybody like that? You just, you can't get them. What's going on? Like, it's so different. And so I've had, I've had several conflicts, several disagreements with this person. There's a way to do it uh, that still honors the Lord. Do you think relationships are important to the Lord? Absolutely. Do you think... <laughs> That he has way, you think there's right ways and wrong ways to handle conflict? Yeah, absolutely there are. Paul, he mentioned something in, uh, in 1 Corinthians about, hey, I hear there's divisions among you. And it would have to do with heresy, like it, big, big division kind of thing. But division is a normal thing of like disagreements. Conflicts, they're a normal thing of life. Instead of saying, oh, I don't like conflict, and then you just wiggle out of the situation, you always evade it, why don't we just learn how to do it really good? I heard a guy say this week, I was listening to a video, and he said, you know what causes me anxiety? He said, when I know that there's something I should be doing, but I'm not doing anything about it. When I know I could be doing something about this issue and I ignore it, it causes me anxiety. That was actually Jeff Bezos. So you might not like him, but the guy's smart. And I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. So the same thing goes with relationships. If there's something you know you should be taken care of instead of covering up, ignoring It'll cause anxiety inside of you. So I thought we'd just take a little bit of a biblical road trip on how to deal with conflict, how to handle disagreements when you have them. And I, uh, 
I always, it seems if I'm sharing something, I always like deal with it that week. <laughs> so I actually had to practice what I preached this week. I, I had some things that I had to figure out how to, how to handle in my own life. So disagreements are normal. Conflict is normal. Train for it. Don't run from it. Here's another word of wisdom. Don't spend your energy. We all have a limited amount of energy. Don't, don't spend your energy arguing with strangers on the internet. <laughs> I've done enough of that. <laughs> and I, I don't, it's kind of like a weakness. Sometimes I fall back into it. It doesn't produce a whole lot of fruit. <laughs> I don't know that I've changed a whole lot of minds by doing that. But anyway, Jesus, when Jesus, uh, Jesus was amazing at conflict resolution. Jesus had amazing things to say about relationships. And in Matthew 5, Matthew 18, two different times, he says, so here's, here's a way that you deal with conflict. He said, if a brother sins against you, what do you do? Ignore it? No. So I think you could say even more than just if a brother sins against you. But he's, if a brother sins against you, go to that person. Go to that person and talk to them. That's how you deal with it. You go straight to the person. A whole lot of people don't do that. They would much prefer to just maybe hang on to that or then go tell a bunch of people instead of actually going talking to the person. He said, well, if they don't listen, just take a couple friends. That's how you deal with that. Another time he said, you know what? When you're coming to offer a sacrifice, or we could say if you're coming, if you're going to worship the Lord, if you're going to do that, and there you remember that somebody has something against you, this is how much the Lord thinks about relationships. He said, just, just hold off a bit. Just hold off a bit. Go find that person. Go find that person and say, hey, can we work this thing out? Like, I forgive you. You forgive me. Let's work this thing out. Let's deal with this. Then he says, then come back and offer your gift. Or then come back and worship. That's amazing ways to handle relationships. They're important to him. Um, conflicts come... Conflict comes when there's difference of opinion, right? There's difference of opinion. And there's some things that are extremely important. And there's some things that are not that important. Let's talk about the difference in a value and a preference. Okay? Value, values are something that are non-negotiable. There's some things in life that you should be willing to fight for. You should stand on it and fight but you can still fight nice, right? Do you agree that you, could, you, can, you can stand for something that you believe in with all you've got? A preference, that's negotiable. There's give and take, but there's some things in life that you've got to stand on it and not move. Values for the Christian, they're, they're based in the Bible. They should be. That's where, they're, that's where the start of them are. That's, that's where values come from. And I just thought of the, like the issue of life, the sanctity of life. That's one example. 
you know, as I, I would say most of the people in this room, they would have a very strong belief about how important human life is, that we have no right to take human life. And that's based the whole way back in the Ten Commandments. When God gave it to Moses, and on there it said, Thou shalt not kill. That was a command, and then it's built on throughout the Bible, you know, taking innocent life, all of those things. So when it comes to abortion, then we say, oh, no, I have a value of life. I value life, and I'm going to stand on that. It doesn't matter what the argument is. This is where I stand. But I don't have to, as some would, go shoot abortionists. <laughs> There's some people that, that fight, but I think they do it in a wrong way. I was listening to somebody in Congress, and they were, they were giving this speech, and I thought, you're making sense. I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. You're, yeah, I got it. I'm getting it. All right, all right. And then they ended out by uh, calling their opponent some awful names, you know, stupid and idiot and uh, questioning IQ. And I was like, ah, now you lost me. Now you lost me. <laughs> Sometimes you can really be believing for your values, but you do it in the wrong way and you become wrong. <laughs> Make sense? So values are something that you need to stand for, but you can do it in a way that's still honoring to that person, honoring to the Lord. Um, I had to think of this. Paul talks about being unequally yoked in the Bible. And often we think that in terms of like a marriage. And it, it is, it does refer to that, but it's more than just a marriage. It's any kind of partnership, relationships. Why would he say, don't be unequally yoked? Why would he say that? Is he just trying to keep you, if, if you know, you found some person you want to date, and you're like, oh, I'm so in love. Is he just trying to keep you from having fun with that person? No, he's not, because he understands this thing of values. How many of you ever ran a three-legged race? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Three, oh, wow. You guys are a lot more active than the morning crowd. <laughs> that was just a couple. I had to explain what one is. <laughs> but you put your legs together. And uh, you tie them together with something. And then you try to race across, you know, and reach something. I used to love a three-legged race in school. And I had my best friend. His name was Matt. We could win, like, all the time. He was my height. It was like we thought the same. We ran the same, everything. And so we'd, be, we'd, we'd, we'd start at that side. We'd run over that wall and be on the way back. And often there'd be, you know, five or six teams. And we could just power through. There was no energy wasted in like fighting the person. So we'd be on the way back and we'd be like halfway back through and you know, you'd pass like several of them in this area trying to get to that wall and they're just fighting each other. Well, we were like-minded. All our energy was expended getting to our goal. And so Paul says, hey, don't be unequally yoked. And the purpose is he wants you to not have to waste your energy fighting against somebody in a partnership you're with. He wants you to be like-minded. Anyway, so preferences, 
preferences are different. Your preferences, they're often developed culturally by the, by the way you're raised. Preferences often aren't just right or wrong. They can be, but they're not usually right or wrong. They're your likes, your dislikes. I like this. I don't like that. Um, and here's a good starting place for you with a preference, okay? A preference, and I know this because I've done this, and this doesn't get good results. If you're talking preferences, and so like you're talking, hey, we should do this, this, this over here, and you started off by saying, that's stupid, no. Don't start it off by immediately shooting down somebody else's preference. Use the starting place, when you're dealing with that kind of thing, the starting place should always be your preference, your opinion, it's just as valid. It's just as important as mine is. And so if, if that's the starting place for every time you interact with people, oh, you're just as valid, you're just as important, the way you think, it's different than me, but it's just as valid. If that's how you deal, it'll help you with this thing of love and honor. Respecting other people in, in making decisions. That's a good starting place. So... Um, <laughs> preferences this includes things as small as um, in the bathroom how you put the how you put the toilet paper roll on some people have a big issue with that I've never had an issue with it but I've literally looked it up and it's a big problem I read I read I looked it up house remodeling 12% of couples actually pursue a divorce or consider like they, they head towards divorce when they're renovating a house. Yeah. And 50% say, you know, significant, significant stress renovating a house. Well, that's, that's lots of preferences. There's ways to make those things lighter on yourself. I thought in church life. In church life, there's lots of different preferences, right? And we have to learn how to give and take. Because, Sean, your preferences are probably going to be different than mine, right? Somewhat. We all have it. So how do you make it work? Romans 12.10. Here's, here's what I want you to look at first. Romans 12.10. He says, this is Paul. Be... Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. In the English Standard Version, it says, outdo each other. Outdo each other by showing honor. I don't even know what that looks like. Try to outdo each other by showing honor to each other. You know what honor means? Honor means great respect, high esteem. That verse isn't about how you're supposed to treat a pastor. That's not what that verse is about. You may, great respect, high esteem. No, uh -uh. that's an all of us verse. That's all of us. The person who you feel like is the most unimportant. Did I say that right? The least important. Great respect, high esteem. Bill Johnson has a quote about honor, and he says, 
um, honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. Think about that a little bit. All of us, every single person in this room, we all have a, a certain level of like shortcoming, right? Places where we might not have our act together. And if you're in a close relationship with a person, that's, that becomes easy to see. And like sometimes it's glaringly obvious. Honor says, you know what, in spite of what's glaringly obvious, what, what you know, where your feet stink, I'm going to still show you great respect, high esteem, giving preference to one another. That's the last part of the verse. That is not only not demanding that things go my way, but willingly say, it can be your way. We can do this. We can do this your way. The love chapter in First Corinthians thirteen, verse five, says, "Love doesn't insist on having its own way." That could change your life sometimes if you live by that one. You might you might think to yourself, huh, "How how am I not going to keep myself from being taken advantage of if I live like this?" What keeps somebody from just taking advantage of me? And Paul actually mentions that in 1 Corinthians 6. He was talking to the church and he said, listen, you guys are suing each other. You're taking each other to court because you're upset because somebody's cheating you out of some money. He says, why don't you just allow yourself to be cheated? Why don't you accept wrong? Just allow yourself to be cheated. That's kind of a scary way to live, isn't it? Why would Paul say that? I think Paul saw that there's a much greater blessing attached to in light of eternity. And that's how we're supposed to live, right? We live in light of eternity. In light of eternity, much greater blessing attached to being a peacemaker. Then... The feeling you get of being right, of getting your own way, of having something, I got it my way. Light of eternity, great blessing on here. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons of God. James 4. James 4, 1. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? When there's fighting, when there's quarreling, when you find yourself in that place, just recognize that ah, it's selfishness. Selfishness is the issue. There's something there that I still have to deal with. That's where it's coming from. In my own life, I had something that was holding me back in my relationship with my wife. And it's something that I dealt with all growing up. I had to be right. I just had to be right. I had to prove other people wrong. Anybody ever deal with that? <laughs> you just want to be right. I remember my dad saying, Nelson, you're just never wrong. I said, that's right. <laughs> 
But then I got married, and I was doing the same thing. Just proving my point. <laughs> Pushing it in. I'm right. I'm right. And I remember the Lord dealing with me. Because that doesn't really cause your wife to be, like, endeared to you. <laughs> and you want your wife to be endeared to you. And the Lord showed me. I had an issue with pride. That's, that's where the whole thing was coming from. It was just pride coming out of insecurity in my own heart. And so I had to repent of it. The, the wisest man that ever lived, he had a couple verses about how, how to um, talk to people. In Proverbs 15, 1, he said this, A soft answer turns away wrath. But harsh words stir up anger. It's that thing, just like Lillian is saying, you can choose. You can choose. You can choose how you're going to respond. You can choose. It's just as easy, and I'll share a story in, that, that I experienced. It's just as easy to choose to submit to the nature of Christ. Because it's right there. I can just submit to the nature of Christ, humble myself. I remember I was in a, I was driving through a parking lot, and everybody knows you don't have to obey parking lot signs. Like, you don't have to stop when it says stop if you're in a parking lot. You just have to obey it out in the road. <coughs> I'm joking, guys, right? So I just drove right through a stop sign in a parking lot, and there was somebody sitting there. I just wasn't really paying attention. Like, I wasn't, you know, paying attention. I had my windows down, and so did he. And boy, did he rip it loose to me. Boy, he started hollering, and then he started showing me fingers. And it's like, are you serious going to act that way? You know, instantly you want to do that. But I stopped right beside him. Well, you know, his face is... Right, right, right there. And I said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Forgive me. And I remember he looked at me, and I can still, like, see his face. His mouth went. I literally sucked the venom out of his lips. Just. And his mouth opened and shut, and there was no words there. And it was like a soft answer turns away wrath. It was just as easy for me to just, you know, if I'm going to be insecure, maybe I'll spout off too. I'm a son. Hey, I'm sorry. I did that. Will you forgive me? <laughs> and you just take it right out of the lips. Try it sometime. It's some of the most fun you can have. It means you've got to be wrong every now and then. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Your tongue has so much power. Your words have so much power that they, you, you, can cut, you can cut an individual. You can cut them, just like with a sword. So when you're going to talk about whatever it is, you can either you can you can slip you can slip one into them if you want to. You can choose to do that. 
You ever give those backhanded things that have something attached? A little zinger. In a conversation with your spouse. And it just feels so good to just deliver a little poke you. Your words can cut like a sword. But it says the wise person, you'll use your words to bring healing to them. That's what I want to use my tongue for. I want to be wise because I can do the same. I can choose. I can choose either way. Right now, just slip it in. Just cut them because it feels good. Or let's just bring healing. You have the choice. <clears throat> so uh, I had an experience. One time I was in a conflict with an individual. And... Uh, it was it was pretty it was it was a difficult issue for me, and um, I remember you know how you can kind of if you're going through a conflict with a person you can really you can assign some kind of label to that person. Well, they're just a jerk, they're just selfish, they're just mean, they're just this way, and so when you do that, it kind of legitimizes the way you're thinking toward them. And so I had done that. I had given him the label of jerk. And I remember I had a dream one night. And I'm sleeping. And I remember being like at a theater. And all of a sudden, a gunman pops up. And he's running around. People are screaming, gun, gun, gun. And so I jumped up and I went running after this person. I was running around a room like, the, you know. It, but there was a big box in the center, so I could never get a shot off at this person. I was like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. In my dream, I wanted to get this person. And they always got away from me, always got away from me. And I ran around the corner, and all of a sudden, we, boom, we met right there at the corner. And I had my gun on him. And just in an instant, like before I was going to shoot this individual boom they shrank they became a two-year-old a two-year-old child and they raised their hands toward me and said daddy daddy oh i immediately woke up like i could see the person's face and all of a sudden i had a complete different perspective changed completely my perspective on that individual because now I, 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 could, I could pray for them differently. I, 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 I saw reasons they were doing things they, they were doing. They were just longing for a daddy's love. And I saw them the way Jesus saw them. Sometimes that's what we need. You need a different perspective. You need to get the heart of Jesus for that individual. If you stand up, we'll pray. We'll pray. <clears throat> so, I'll leave you with, I think it's John 15. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for each other. You have a distinctive and it's the way you love. So don't leave without that distinctive.
take it with you in, in no matter what situation, what conflict. Lord, I pray that if any, uh, anyone in here is, is going through conflict, is going through disagreements, I pray that you'd teach us. Teach us how to do this in a way that honors you. We don't want to be people that just run away. We don't want to be that way, but we want to we want to handle conflict and disagreements in a way that honors you, in a way that pleases you, in a way that brings glory to you. Lord, I pray that you'd even give us wisdom, give us heaven's perspective. Lord, I pray that we would do all we can to protect our unity. You know, the Bible, this was a difficult sermon to actually study for because it was like overwhelming, the amount of verses where he says, make my joy complete by being like-minded. Above all, protect your unity. Love one another. Bear one another's burdens. He's just continually over and over and over and over. It's, 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 it's like one of those things that beats so loudly in the Bible. Lord, thank you for this time together that we're able to worship you and just spend time in your presence. Go with us this week. Lord, I pray that you'd watch over all the, all the ones that are setting up for the rugged retreat this weekend. I pray that it'd be a wonderful time, like, like life-changing for our youth, for our young people. Draw them closer to your heart. This coming weekend, watch over us, keep us safe, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and thank you for coming.